your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Alright, welcome to episode 145 of the Talk and Power podcast. This is take two, unfortunately. I'm joined by some special guests in the Hen House studio here for this podcast. I'm joined by Peter Peter Davis and Alison Davis from Northern Steel Car Club. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Now, unfortunately, the computer had a bit of a moment there, but I'm sure I'm just going to keep an eye on it. We'll be right, and we'll, we'll have to start all over again. Luckily, we're only three or four minutes into it, but we'll, we'll kick off again. Hey, tell us, I, I know well, you said you're from Northern Steel, but give us a brief on the Northern Steel Car Club, and, and yeah, just give us a brief on how it all, how it all started. Yeah, sure. Um, well, you know, we did originally start off as Northern Suburbs sort of car club, but uh, that kind of evolved being to an, any suburb and, you know, all across the state car mm-hmm. club. Um, you know, we just started off as an enthusiast meet, um, just where people could come and you know, bring their cars and have a look at other cars and, you know, have a chat. And you know, that's what it was all about at the beginning. Um, mm. You know, we, we evolved from, from there, but... Um, it kind of just started off on a, on a bit of a whim, you know. Yep. I put a uh, Alison was out for a night out with the girls, and I decided to put a post up asking if anyone would be interested in the a meet in the the northern suburbs, and uh, there was there was quite a bit of a response. Um, Were you saying something like three hundred three hundred odd comments or replies? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, it it ballooned really quickly as I came out of the high tea and went, "Wow!" So I guess we're doing that. And um, there was no consult with me before that post went out. I just want to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things I was going to say it's it's funny you should mention that from from the outside. This is from the outside, my my point of view, I guess. From the outside, it appears as though that both of you do everything together as a family. So you kind of, in my view, breaking the mold a little bit there. Well, traditionally, we've seen car clubs evolve from you know, a group of guys starting a club and there'd be a handful of, of women involved as well. But you're, you're a little bit different in my view because I know you, it's it's the two of you, but not only that, your kids as well. And it seems to be very family orientated and it, you, your your family seems to be the, the the face of Northern Steel. So just just tell us a bit about that. Yeah, well, well I guess I'm, I'm kind of the, the car guy. I like the cars. I like a lot of different cars. And, you know, I've always had a bit of enthusiasm for cars. But, you know, Alison's the, the community person. So mm. she really gets into the community spirit of it. Um, the kids are there at the meet. You know, they're, they're shaking buckets for charity and they, they love wearing the merch and they love uh, getting involved in it all. Yeah. They yeah. try and hand our cards out to anyone who will listen. It's hilarious. They're very involved. They love it. But that's cool, isn't it? I mean, that's yeah. that's what um, – I mean, they obviously have some sort of enjoyment from the vehicles as well. Yeah. I mean, my boys have been going to uh, car meets with me for quite a few years now and, you know, when I, I built um, – put the the GT together, the, mm. the kids were out there in the garage with me. So it's kind of been a part of their life for a long time as well. So mm-hmm. and it's kind of always been a family thing for us once we had the car. Yeah. Um, just going out as a family and going for cruises as a family. And, mm. um, it kind of just eventuated from there. We'll talk about the XY shortly. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that shortly. But I was going to ask you a question, Alison. I mean, yeah. do you think women in car clubs, I mean um, – do you think in many ways that they're taking the lead from other women in other associations and organisations? Because we've seen like in footy clubs now and rugby clubs and netball clubs where even I'm involved heavily with footy clubs just by nature of my children, but my wife's heavily involved in the committee there and the committees seem to be very heavily female orientated now. Do you think women in car clubs are taking that lead as well? Uh, from what we've seen with Northern Steel, we're sort of an even split. There's probably slightly more blokes in our committee um, and certainly a lot more blokes that come along, but we definitely have a female membership um, mm. contis- constituent in that. Um, and WASMA also, um, when we're going to those meetings, there's a lot of girls that are stepping up in those environments for it as well. Um, 
Yeah, I think for me, as Pete said, though, for me it's more about the community side of things and bringing it together and bringing the admin together properly so that we can be a well-run club, yep. um, I'd like to think. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think that females definitely seem to be getting more involved in the car scene. There's specific groups now. There's a couple of car clubs that are just for women. Mm, yep, yep. Yep. But do you think that's what car clubs were probably missing prior to now? Like is uh, the administration side of it and the engagement with the community as well? I think it certainly helps to have that level of commitment from the ladies mm. to sort of bring that together a little bit more. I mean, the boys are good at talking poop about cars. Yeah. And, and we, as much as some of the girls really love the cars, they're also really good at pulling those things together so that it just yeah. becomes a bit more organised in yeah. that aspect. Not to say the boys can't do that, but I think it just brings a different element when the girls are yeah. involved. No, I certainly agree with you there. I think there's um, there's there's um, there's an element I'm seeing it in in the organisations that I'm involved with as well and, and even the radio station as well, 88.5 FM now as well. You know, um, we have a number of, of ladies in the committee as well that, that are very, very knowledgeable and bringing different skill sets to, to committees as well. So it's, it, it is great to see, really is great to see. Tell us a bit about, you raise, your car club isn't just the traditional car club where, you, you know, the money you raise goes back into the car club, which is great, there's nothing wrong with that, but you put a lot of money aside for for um, charities, men's charities and different charities. We'll talk about them all a little bit later, but just give us a brief on some of the charities that you're raising money for. Yeah, well, I guess when we started, you know, uh, the club got support straight away and, and we wanted to do something for the community and, and give something back to the community. I mean, our lives have been affected by, you know, uh, uh, people that have taken their own lives and people with cancer and, you know, all sorts of things in our lives. And, and it's things that impact you and, and when they happen, you're like, you know, I wish I could do something about that. So mm. we thought we could use the club as a, a medium to, to raise some money and raise some awareness. And mm. so, you know, we, we try and support either uh, men's health, women's health, you know, kids' health as much as we can. And mental health. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So we from from day one, that's kind of what we've been doing, and you know, we try and um, in the first year we we raised about five thousand dollars for for different charities across the year. Um, this year we tried to up that, so we we give everything we can in terms of what we get from donations from people goes straight to charity. Uh, but then we're also putting a quarterly donation, so we have a thousand dollars from the club um, every quarter. Wow. The club votes on it. Um, yep. We give them some choices. Mm -hmm. uh, they can nominate uh, people or organisations for choices. Yeah. And then we put it to the club and... Um, and they vote on it once a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Do you think then... I, I honestly do believe, I think the importance of car clubs is still not completely understood by a lot of people. Their importance in mental health for their members is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so I want to answer this one if I can. Um, something that re I really enjoy is the community side of things. And mm. I think particularly for guys who are interested, guys and girls who are interested in the car scene, it's a very individual thing to be a part of. Mm. And this is a way of bringing people together so that they do get to meet like-minded people. And yeah. car clubs play a really significant part in that because it's great to have a love of something. But mm. when it's something that's so individual like that, if you can go and be a part of a club that then brings like-minded people together then community can be really important for mental mm, health. And yep. I feel like we're I feel like we're filling part of that void. Yeah. And yeah. I really love that. Like there we've got several guys that will always come and say hello to us and and really enjoy that community side of what we're able yeah. to offer. Yep, yep. Because I know at your events, I've been to a, a, quite a few of your events now, and, I, and one thing I enjoy about doing is, is is walking around and just talking with people. Like you park your car and like, you know, three or four people come over and say, I used to have one of those when I was when I was seventeen, and yeah. or something like that. You know what I mean? And it brings back the car itself. Might might bring back some memories, or you know, um, allegiances to parents that have since passed on, or you know, memories. Sorry, of parents that have since passed on that that particular vehicle. You know, yeah. and, and even your vehicle as well. Your your. I'm I'm sure that 
you know, a lot of people look at that and think, oh, I remember my neighbour used to have one of those. A lot or, of nostalgia, for yeah, sure. It's yeah. conversation starters, right? Yeah. It, it starts off, um, you know, someone reminiscing and then you're having a, a chat to them about the car or, you know, their dad or their mum or, you know, whoever it might be, you know. Yeah. Um, they definitely start the conversations. I think, yeah, I certainly do believe that car clubs are still under, and and we've spoken about this with a number of people over the years. I, I don't think it's still completely recognised, and that's the importance of C for C. I think the minister said it really well, you know, a year and a half ago, when she said that the, you know, that making people join a car club at the time. When they first announced it, I was probably not completely for, you know, having to join a car club. But, you know, I changed my mind and I've gone 180 degrees on that now where I think that's the most important part. You have to make someone join a car club to get that concession. We'll talk about that a bit later. But that I don't think they realise the amount of members. Like you've seen them. T- tell us, talk us through the numbers. So you went from how many members to how many members? Yeah, look, we, we started off as just... Uh, a meet, a Facebook meet, you know, mm. and um, some Facebook meets had had a bad name at that stage. You know, they took away from car clubs more than anything. I think, yeah, um, some of the stuff that was going on. But uh, you know, we started off as a meet, and then C four C came out. You know, the Wasma guys and you know all, all those guys who did a lot of hard work to get was uh, to get C four C across the line. And you know, we started getting some um, some requests from our members uh, or people coming to our meets at that stage saying. Uh, w- would we consider being a car club? And so, you know, we were a little bit hesitant at first because we knew that uh, to get onto DOT, you had to have 30 um, full members. We weren't sure if we were going to get that kind of numbers. It's <laughs> kind of funny now. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't know what the support would be. If you know, there, was, there was already you know, a vast amount of car clubs out there. So, But, you know, getting a credit at that time was free because of COVID. It was one of the, the pluses of COVID. So we thought, you know, got nothing to lose. We'll, we'll do it and see what happens. And I, you know, the first year uh, we we escalated quickly to 200 members and then uh, in the first six months. And by the end of the – we did our first AGM, we were about 400 members. I yeah, think. just shy of 400 at the first AGM. Yeah. yeah. Now, yeah. now we're uh, plus 600. So, you wow. Wow. Yeah. 30 that we originally thought of, um, yeah. it wasn't really a problem in the end. But, yep. but that's thanks to the people that come along and just support us, you know. Yep. Absolutely. It was kind of a natural progression. So we started the meets in September 2018 and the first meet was enormous. It was really quite shocking how many people we had turn up. We probably had, how many cars would you say? Uh, probably close to a couple of hundred cars show mm. up on that For the first, first meet. meet. And then, so we knew we already had a bit of a following happening because we were doing our meets once a month. And then it was kind of a natural progression that we would move into that car club yeah. phase rather than just being a meet. And but I mean, we still had that intrepidation about it, mm. but it, it paid off. So I've done some maths, and I, I'm not going to give numbers away here, but I've I've done the math. So in our in our organisation, I've worked out the number that's that's saved in. Rego, we'll say, on concession. But what I've also done is <laughs> you've done the maths as well. If you want, you can disclose. I don't. But I, I'm, yeah, we're about in relation the same. Yeah. Yeah. So with our car club, we've got about just, just over 600 members yeah. at the moment. Um, and on that, out of those 600 members, we've got about 681 cars registered. Mm, yep. So obviously a few people have got more than one car. Mm. And doing the maths, we worked out that we've saved across all of our members and all of the C4Cs we've signed off about $408,000. Yeah. So that that's true. So that's come out of that's come out of the rego. Yep. But what a lot of people don't understand is the amount of money that's come back in via other means so like i i mean and this is what you know we're trying to explain to everyone is that the money that's saved on the rego is spent elsewhere in the scene so it might be spent on parts for the car it might be spent on the subway store that's right next to you at a northern steel it might be spent on they might come early and duck into bunnings and buy the bits that they didn't get it's it's 
Or that money is not money that's gone back into their pockets. I can guarantee you. No, they seem to be going into more cars from yes. my experience. <laughs> into more cars. It does. and But it's the mental health aspect as well, which I think the Department of Transport and the state government have recognised, mm. is that it has helped... By making people join a car club, it has enhanced, um, it just enhanced the, the overall community feel of a car club. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think anyone begrudges car enthusiasts saving that sort of money on their rego anymore because, but they know it's coming back in somewhere else. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah so that, that's, yeah, but yeah, my numbers are roughly the same given the amount of members that we, or the amount of members we have less than you guys. So that that's incredible. That is... That is good. That is very good to see. Tell us the incorporating. You you mentioned that a little bit earlier. Tell us what was involved in that, like the incorporation of the club. So it's a lot of a lot of people think that it's like, oh yeah, just become a car club. But incorporating a car club is not that. You got to you got to write a constitution. Yeah, you got to write a constitution, <laughs> and you know you go into the Department of Commerce and they have their model rules, and um, you adapt the model rules to fit your club, and then um, you probably make a few mistakes when you do it the first time. So you have to, to, you know, hold a special general meeting to pass a resolution so you can change those rules that you messed up the first time, um, put those back through. But yeah, it's, it's a it's a process that's involved that you you really got to get your head around, and then you know understanding that those rules govern the club as well. So, you know, you can't just do things on a whim. You've got to make sure you do it the right way. Yeah, and that's that's one one of the things I think that I underestimated myself as well was the writing of the constitution. I thought, yeah, how hard can that be? We'll just we'll just grab a constitution and just change the words to like to Perth Car Club. But it's not that simple and I we went backwards and forwards and I think correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think we had to pay each time we went backwards and forwards as well to the Department of Commerce. Pretty I sure we did. Uh, we did for when we changed them, not when we originally did it. Oh, yeah, okay. When we changed yep. it, we did. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, look, I can't oh, – my memory's a bit uh, sketchy there. But, yeah, I do remember you've got to be – you've almost got to be a lawyer. Or you've got – I know we had two CPAs in our committee that were able to go through it and say, yeah, well, we can't really do – we can't really do that or we can't say this. So, yeah, incorporating a car club is not, not easy. So it's not as if, like, as you said before, we're not just a bunch of Facebook – it's not a Facebook group that's followed by Paul Air every Saturday night, are we? No, <laughs> no not no. so much. <laughs> no, and I think, you know, getting accredited is just the first part, you know, and then you've got all the administration associated with the club. You've got to you know, create a website. You've got to keep your communication channels and work them out and work out how you're going to get the information out to your members. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we, we were originally running off a spreadsheet, but, you know, when once you start growing in members, as you know, it just starts becoming difficult so you know we've we've gone to an administration system now because yeah um, and, and that costs money and we raise the money for that as much as we can but mm. you know um that's been a godsend for us trying to um manage that many members yeah yeah no i can imagine i, I mean i had a brief look at it that saturday night and it's quite an impressive quite an impressive tool i must say and i can see when you're managing that many members uh, that that it's important so no i think that's that that is magnificent talking of the committee then talk us through the committee i know you're you're the the president um pete that's you yep. uh treasurer and secretary? Yes, Allison. treasurer and secretary is myself. And yep. then we have a few general committee members, plus we have a vice president. So we have an outgoing vice president at the moment, and yep. we've got a new one coming in who has been part of the committee since the inaugural committee. So um, how many generals have we got? Four. Four, I think. Four general uh, committee members, yeah, okay. plus yeah. Pete and I. Yeah, okay. Yep. yep, yep. It's important, like, committee members, aren't, aren't they? I mean, you do need to have the people to sort of bounce ideas off and 100%. just... 100%. And also so that Pete and I don't have to be available all of the time. Like, when people come along to our meets, they're used to seeing my name on an email and they know that Pete's the president, so they want to talk to us about queries that they have about the club, queries about C4C, anything mm. that they've got going on that they want to ask about. And it's nice to have other people there to back us up and be able to support all of that information because these guys are just as knowledgeable as we are mm. and particular and just as heavily involved in the club. So it's really good to have that support. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, yeah. I can, uh, I can yeah. appreciate that. And they've been volunteers from day one. You know, the committee was formed by, again, just putting it out on Facebook. Did did anyone want to be on the committee? And, you know, they, they jumped on board and, and, and you know, they it's a family affair for them as well. So, you know, it's a, another husband and wife uh, is, well, 
vice president probably for next year will be um, Corrie, who's uh, going to be um, um, vice president and his wife is a committee member. And mm. then, you know, we've got Slav as well and, and Hayden, who's also on the committee. Um, David's our vice president at the moment, but yep. he's uh, he's stepping down just because of work commitments. And, uh, you know, George as well, he's stepping down this year because of work commitments. But yeah, okay. Yep. No, that's, yeah, committee are the, the, the back, you know, the backbone, I guess, as well. And, uh, you know, it's really helpful when you've got committee members that are, that committees, one thing I've noticed, even with the footy club, committee members have to work. So they have to... Do the barbecue, yep. the, the the bunnage sausage sizzle. They have to go the Friday night before maybe cut onions. Yep. Do you know what I mean? And and that that's the important thing. A lot of committee members like you, you can't have a committee member that's just a treasurer that's yep. good with numbers. They've got to be our treasurer is also the chief barbecuer as well. Yep. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, absolutely. Yeah. We big thanks, big ups to our committee. Actually, we had all of them at our house yesterday packing two hundred and twenty t-shirts to go out to members. So we were there for five hours packing T-shirts and envelopes, etc. And there's no way Pete and I could have done that on our own. So that's phenomenal. It was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That <laughs> My is, whole that is car phenomenal. was full of things for the post office this yeah, morning. It was yeah. huge. Yeah, I bet you were popular at the post office this morning. Oh, yeah, they couldn't wait to see me again. Yeah. The back of me, that is. <laughs> Not to mention we now store all the uh, cut onions for the barbecues in their fridge so my beers don't smell like onions for a week. <laughs> Uh, hey, look, well, talk us through a typical, your typical Saturday night event. Just talk us through that. So for the uninitiated, the people that have never heard of Northern Steel Car Club, talk us through that, that, that Saturday night event. Um, well, we normally kick off about 7 o'clock in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, people will start rocking up from 6 o'clock in the evening, though. <laughs> so, or 5.30. <laughs> um, and pretty much the, the cars will roll in and roll out all during the night. Yeah. So for over the next two-hour period. Um, pretty much they're parking up. There's myself and our friend Lisa who takes photos on the night mm. and posts them up on Facebook afterwards. Um, so it's pretty much a, a wide array of cars. If Being the club that we are, you get everything in there. Mm. So you get, uh, you know, Holdens, uh, Valiants, Fords, Americans, you know, yep. Rotaries, everything. So mm. if you're into cars you're bound to see something you like. Yeah, yeah. We pretty much focus on pre-89 and classic, so it's pretty open to interpretation. Yeah, yeah. No, I've noticed that as well. I've noticed it is, is, it's a fairly wide range of vehicles there. So everyone parks up. Um, the car park is a massive. How many bays there? It's almost about 500, isn't there? Be, oh, it must be, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Between 300 and 500, I think. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's a massive car park. Well, we're talking Bunnings in Joondalup. Joondalup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bunnings, Joondalup. Joondalup. What road? I can't remember the name of the road. It's on Sundew Rise. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It's called Joondalup Square. Joondalup yep. Square on Sundew Rise. Yep. 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 So every, it's roughly once a month? Yeah, yeah once a month. Um, just depends on when we can fit it into our schedule. And um, we try and have a look what else is going on as well. We don't want to compete with too many other mm. events on the same yep. night. You know, it yep. just makes it difficult for people to make a choice. Mm. Yep. yep. But it's always advertised up on our webpage and on our Facebook page. Mm. Web well, I must say, web page is magnificent. So for those that haven't seen it, it's northernsteel.com.au. Northernsteelcars.com. Cars, sorry. Yep. Northernsteelcars.com. Yes. And the Facebook page, Northern Steel Car Club. Northern it's, Steel. It's just Northern Steel, actually. Okay. Yep. Right yep. And then we so have a separate one for members. For members, yeah, I've so seen that. if you that, want to be a member, you, you can get onto the special page. <laughs> you, can, you can jump on there. Nah, no, and, and I, I, I've been to a few of your events, really enjoy it. I like the fact that, you, you know, you can sort of come and go as you want. But the beauty about there as well, I must say, is we just mentioned it before as well, is the food vendors as well. So, you know, you, you're sort of going at 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock, you know, instead of having dinner at home, you know, support the support those people there. So there's Subway and... There's a Malaysian. It used to be Chinese and they flipped it over to being a Malaysian now yep. as well. Yep. Um, 
Well, that was one of the things when we would just take you back for a second. When we first started the meets, we did quite a bit of research around what was going to be an available space for us that would have mm-hmm. amenities, access to food and drink, um, lighting so that we could have it in the evening. We chose seven o'clock start because that's when Bunnings closes. So we know that we've got the car park space without having to interact with everyday traffic. Yep. Um, and Joondalup Bunnings was just the perfect solution. So we got on board early with the um, development um, agency for that space and got everything in order and they were really happy to have us. And, and in the beginning, all of the vendors came on board. Um, during the winter months, because we're getting slightly less people just because it's winter, we find that they don't always open. Mm. Um, but Subway and the Chinese place are open for us yeah. pretty much every time, which is fantastic. So people have got access to food and drink. We get a coffee van down so mm-hmm. that people have got access to coffee. Yeah, it's it's just a really... And we did it as well because there's the playground there yeah. right in that space. So it be, it automatically becomes a family event. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Importantly as well, there's there's bathrooms there as well, so toilets yeah. too there I've, is, I've yep. noticed as well. So that, that, that there's, I mean, it's important to a lot of people, that, that kind of thing, you know, like especially for families, especially with young kids that, you know, there's bathroom facilities there, somewhere to eat and a playground. And um, the big thing I like about it is as well, there's not too many idiots, there's no idiots driving through the car park, you know no. what I mean? Everyone's cruising nice and slowly through there. So it's it's really a very good atmosphere. Yeah, and look, uh, we're very thankful for uh, the vendors that use that space because they've been our biggest supporter from day one and one of the reasons why we were able to have it there, you know, and... Mm. and you know, them working uh, with the, the development company who owns it to say, you know, we really want this because it's going to bring some business through our doors as well. And yeah. It's like you were saying before, that whole community spirit of, you know, you might save some money in Rego, but you're getting there and you're, you're buying food and you're buying coffees and you're buying everything else for, you, yeah. for your whole family. Right yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard. I don't think people realise how hard it is for car clubs to go out to find places like that. They, they, a lot of people probably think you just rock up there with no permission. Of course not. I know. I mean, it's, yeah. it's all above board. Yeah, we, you know. We made sure we did it right for the first time. The last thing we wanted to do was jeopardise what we had. Yeah. You but have public liability and, you know, you've got to cover everything off and, you know, that costs the club money and everything else per year. So, you know, it, it's more than just, um, yeah, rocking up in your car and... I don't think people even understand public liability, especially for car clubs. I mean, it's a massive cost, but, yeah, it's one you have to have. But, yeah, you have to have that that liability insurance and all those sorts of things. But, you know, permission, and it's a lot of work for you guys is to, you know, organising all that and obviously keeping, you know, giving them the dates ahead of time and telling people as well, I guess. And judging the weather. It's so difficult. (laughs) I know, I know. You're like, let's do a meet in three weeks' time. We're looking at the long-range forecast with every hope that it might be okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's never quite right. No, no, it never is. But then you've got to go back to Subway as well and tell them, like, we think there might be, you know, 200 cars, two people each, but, you know, yeah. we're not really sure. Yeah. And then, you know, they're having to put staff on as well. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's not, not an easy task. Talk us through, I mean, I've just got here the, the tiers of different membership as well. So you've got full member, associate member and junior membership. Just talk us through those sort of three tiers. Yeah, well, full membership is obviously anyone who has a car or has a car in build can be a, a full member of the club mm-hmm. um, as long as they've got a pre-89 or classic vehicle. Mm-hmm. Classic's open to interpretation so the, the committee can vote on whether they, they think something fits into that if it's you know outside the pre-89 yep. sort of. Yep. Sort of uh, dates. Yep. Um, an associate member is anyone that wants to be part of the club but uh, don't have a car. Mm-hmm. And a junior members just giving a something for for the kids yeah. that want to be part of the club yeah. as well, so they they can be they feel they're part of it. Then you know. Yeah. Yeah. No. Definitely. No. I understand that. That's that. That makes sense. It's, yep. uh, and we do have a few kid members. Yeah. And yep. we have a few associate members as well who, yeah, as Pete said, just don't have a car but still want to be part of that community. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So talk us through, like, so you process their conce- full members only, obviously, for for, uh, for their C for C. Yes. Yep. You'll, you'll sign off on that for them. What else? Like, I mean, I think there's merchandise available as well as part of Yeah, we we try and do a couple of T-shirts runs a year. So Mm -hmm. we we try and do uh, 
one sort of middle middle of the year at uh, membership renewal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's a subsidised t-shirt, so we we charge our members fifteen dollars this year, including postage. You know, which yep. is under under cost of what it costs us mm. to get those t-shirts. Definitely. Um, but you know that obviously gets uh, gets the brand out there, gets um, people with a bit of uh, club pride, you know, wearing their shirts. And then we try and do one around about summertime. We, we try and release a shirt then. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yep. And then you know we have some hats and beanies and and those type of things. Stubby holders. Yeah. Stickers. Yeah. Yeah. I must I must be honest with you. Merchandise looks magnificent. I really like it. So the artwork and and all that. You've done that yourself or? Um, I mock up the art. Artwork and and then I send it to a professional to make it look pretty for us, you know. So. He does an excellent job. He's quite the artist. He comes up with some phenomenal ideas for our shirts. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, even that that there looks, you know, that looks really really smart, and the the black and the white, but even that blue looks quite nice as well. So oh, that's yeah. Look at that. that's magnificent. Yeah. Full color as well. Yeah, the blue one was our summer vibe t-shirt that yep. uh, we thought of last year, which was. Which was me reminiscing about driving down Scarborough in the in the evenings on a summer night. So that's kind of how that one came about. Oh yeah, so back in the uh, sort of mid nineties, I would yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, no, good memories there as well. Yeah. And then our latest members shirt is kind of a homage to the Red Hot Chili Peppers shirt. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah. So no, that's all. I, I really do like your merch. I think you do a magnificent job of it. I think it's it's not easy to do merch, and uh, you know you got to be reasonably creative to come up with that sort of stuff. Yeah, look, we use a a guy. Um, I think he's Melbourne based called Fueled Art, mm-hmm. and he does some really awesome stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'll come up with an idea which I think is good, and and mock it up, yep. and I'll send it over to him, and he he puts the the finishing touches on that just make it look that. Yeah, yeah, really special. Mm. So that merch is available through your website as well. That's yep. right. Yeah, sure yep. is. Yep. As much as possible with the merch, we we, you know, we try and use local companies. Uh, you know, one of the things we do try and do is support northern suburbs um, businesses as part of the club. Mm-hmm. Um, so we use uh, Blueprint for all our screen printing. Who's in Malaga? Mm-hmm. Um, he's done our screens since day dot. Day dot. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. He does a magnificent job. Even our member T-shirts at the moment. You know where we. Um, we have our regos and member number printed on our sleeves, which you know for two hundred and thirty shirts is it's no small task. And you know, and he does it for us and puts it together magnificently. Yeah. And we did it out of the whole lot. Just take a step back there because I think you need to. You, you, that's kind of slipped under the radar that one there. So you're telling me that every member so gets an individualised shirt Correct. with their rego as their member. Oh, that's incredible. Yep, yeah. on the sleeve. So you you manage. I mean, you have to manage all the artwork and. We do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that's an incredible job from your vendor there that can do that. Yeah. yeah and even yourselves. An job for it. So, I mean, it's like, I couldn't imagine uh, what it would take on his end to make sure that's right. You know, that's incredible. That task. really is. Yeah. And for $50 a year, that's, yeah, that is, that is magnificent. You're doing really well there. Yeah. Right. You've done a magnificent job. Magnificent job. Talk us through now. We, we're going to have Vicky and Stan from um, Wasmer on in a, in a few weeks, but just talk us through briefly the app as well. I know you guys are using the app for concession holders for, yes, for the logbook. Are you able to talk us through that at all? Yeah, well, the the app is fantastic for um, you know we sanction every event on the app, mm-hmm. so anything that's a a public event that everyone can go to, which there's plenty on there. Mm-hmm. Um, any of our members can use that as one of their club runs. Yep. Um, logging a a run is is super easy. It's just choosing which event you want to go and you know put a couple of details in and bang you're in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, there's no easier way of putting that together. And you know, Nick. Um, Kokonos, who's been um, instrumental in, in building that app and developing that app and publishing it on, on you know, the Google Play and yeah. the Apple Store and everything else. and all. But the, also the being so things. available. Like if something is – if we need to query something in there, he is just so available to help. It's amazing. Yep. Yeah. Super – Super useful resource. Yeah. So we probably need to qualify that a little bit further for the listeners that are not initiated. So for C4C holders, myself included, we have to log every time we use our vehicle because we're on a concession. So we need to put that in. So I do it the old-fashioned way in a logbook because that's where old school. But 
You also have the means to put it in an app. So you get your smartphone out before you take the car out. You pull up the event you're going to, click on that, and that logs that that particular vehicle is going to that event. And so in the event of an audit, so the Department of Transport, when they they do an audit, not when, or not if, when they do their audit, they can pull that up and say, yep, uh, that vehicle is used... And if they audit us, I can pull up all the information so that we can just send that straight through to them on a, on a spreadsheet mm. showing who's used their car, which car they've used, when they've used it, what run they've been on, Yep. and it automatically spruiks all that information straight through. It's very easy. It's a yep. great way to be able to use the C4C as it was designed. Yeah. Yep. So the C4C allows 30 days of private use and 60 days of club use. So that's so for those that are listening that don't understand what we're talking about, that's the concession, that's the trade-off, is that the vehicles are only accessible for 90 days of the year. We can yeah. only use the cars on for 90 days. Correct. But I just want to break that down because a lot of people think, oh, I'm not, I want to use my car whenever I want to take it out. To put it into perspective, though, 90 days of use is essentially every weekend, both days for an entire year. That's right. It's, yeah. it's actually a lot of time. Happen. So for someone who is using their car as a weekender... It gives them that opportunity to be able to go out and let's say minus a few days because it's raining because some people don't like taking their cars out in the rain purely because of the type of cars that they are, easy to rust, etc. So it gives you that opportunity to be mm. using your car most weekends. Yeah. So if, you're, if your car is a weekender and you're not using it as your daily, then it's absolutely a great way to save money. Yeah, yeah. I was of the view originally that it needed to be flipped around. It needed to be 60 private days and 30 club days. Again, I've gone 180 on that one as well. I think yeah. it's perfect now. Maybe maybe there's talk of a 50-50 split, 45-45, but I still believe that the 60 days uh, – sorry, the 30 private days is more than adequate. Like For me personally, that, that's that's more than enough. That's That's every second weekend. Yeah, and I, I think the added benefit as well, that once you go to an event, you can use the car for the rest of the day as Correct. you please. You know, yeah. that, that's the big kicker for me. So, you know, I use a club day to, to go to custom cars and coffee or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Yep. And then, um, you know, it'll be at Midvale and then Alice and I and the kids will go into the Swan Valley and, you know, have a cup of coffee and do whatever mm-hmm. we want for the rest of the time for you know, yeah. as long as we want to be out, you know. And that's yep. the beauty of, of the arrangement, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, Jason's event that's coming up this weekend, you know, people can go to that. I think that's normally sort of done and dusted by 10.30 around that time. But, yeah, you still have the car on a club day for the rest of the day. It's a 24-hour period from midnight to midnight. So And same thing with Northern Steel. You might like to go out for a brunch or a breakfast and you go to Northern Steel that night. All good, all mm. good. You log it for their run, even though it's in the evening, but you've got it for the use of that whole day. That's right, yeah. You just yep. early. Yeah, 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 no, that's right. And I think, yeah, as I said, I was of the belief that you needed 60 private days, but I've, I've waned from that. I, I think the mix, I think it's about right, you know, 60 and 30, maybe 45, 45. I'm not here to say one way or another, but, yeah, I think, you know. And I think um, all props to them. They're, they've made the process of getting on to C4C pretty painless, you know. Mm. Um, for us as a club, it's, you know, they fill out their form, they send it to us, we sign it off, they email it to DOT and then, you know, a week or so later they've, they're getting a pro rata refund uh, off oh, their rego. I was amazed by the speed. It was actually quicker than that when I did mine. It was like literally the next – it was like yeah. I got an email back that like – Two days later, I think. They literally turn them over within 24 hours yeah, at the moment. Yeah, super efficient. Yeah, they, they apply the concession codes literally almost immediately. And our feedback has been also from a number of members is they can't believe how fast that whole process happens. Yeah. You know, and I bet you, I'm assuming you sign off on, on, on membership forms re- reasonably quickly as well. Like, yeah. I mean, you don't... I turn them around in 24 hours normally. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's what we strive for as well. I think, you know, that sort of, you know, it's a, it's not a it's not an arduous process, is no, it? You just no. need to sign off that they're a financial member of the car yep. club, and that's and that's their vehicle. So no, it's that's um, it all happens very quickly. A lot of people assume because it's the Department of Transport, it might take some time. But no, it's yeah. very, very they're very good at what they do. I must they say, are. yeah. It's particularly if you're going directly to that concessions email address because that's where they 
that's where they know what they're doing in that particular environment. If you're taking it up to the counter, we've had some feedback that it's not quite as easy, mainly because there's so many other things that the person at the front counter of the licensing centre needs to know. So if you're sending it by email directly to the right department, that's where you're getting that quick turnaround. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I can I can vouch for that. I'll tell you a story about that off air, but where it was, uh, yeah, funny story. I want to talk about the Bin Dune show. You did that, I think that was last year. Talk talk us through that because that was, I think, you know, I know you, you talk about Northern Steel and it's in Joondalup, it's a suburb of Perth, but regional engagement is so important in what we do now and getting, I know Bin Dune's not even, it's not only 45 minutes away now with the new Tonkin Highway and it's really close, but it's still a country town, let's be honest. Tell us a bit about that show and how important a regional community is. Yeah, well, um, we want to do a, a car show and we want to do a proper car show. And, you know, we also wanted to have a drive to get to that car show. You know, you, it's all well and good having one local and um, just getting your car for five minutes and going there. But we wanted to have a little bit of a run out there. Um, which is why we chose Bindoon. We spoke to them and they, as a community, they were really welcoming um, and were happy for us to be there and supported us. The, the SES guys were there and helped us out. Uh, the local um, community radio guy, was it? No, he was um, community theatre guy came down with all his equipment. He was the one that had all the music across the venue for us and yep. everything. It was fant- and emceed the day. Mm. It was fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was great support for them. Their, their community got behind it and came out and saw the cars. Uh, we picked up members from that day from, from Bindoon as well who, you know, rang us up because they knew we were coming and said they were interested in joining and so, you know, we spoke to them on the day. Yeah. You know, so it, it was just a, a really good, enjoyable event. You know? Yeah, yeah. I know I saw – I wasn't able to make it, but I saw some photos on Facebook. It looked like a magnificent event and it's something – you know, Bindoon is uh, such a beautiful little town. I love it. I've always said to my wife, I said, we should live there one day, but she doesn't want a bar of it. But I, <laughs> but I, 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 I love Bindoon and, no, it's not because of the bakery, but it is it is such a – you know, it's really close to Perth. And uh, But, yeah, it's it's great that you guys could put that, that show on there. I, I thought it was magnificent. Talk us also through the, the Yangship one, the Sun City Australia Day Festival. What, what was that like? Um, we didn't actually make it to that one. That was oh, one okay. of the ones we put out to our committee to, to attend for us because um, yeah, there was just too much fun for us yeah. that weekend. Yep. Um, but again, that was uh, someone reaching out to us and asking if they if if the club would support. And so you know we advertised it on the mm. on the page and uh, you know got a few cars down there to try and help them out. Yeah, yeah. We get quite a lot of requests for different ones now. We've got. Um, Lancelin are looking at doing a day and they want us to come up for that just in the next school lot of school holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, Bridgetown are asking us to come down for Blues and Roots at the moment, oh, so wow. we're going to try and get some interest going for that. Uh, we do the Mother Day Open Day up at Joondalup um, for the school, mm-hmm. the college. Um, so they invite us to come along and, and people enjoy having that as part of the Open Day as well. Um, I know St Anthony's, which is where our kids are, um, are interested in doing a day... Um, as well, they've got a fate day and they want us to come along. But we get a lot of um, external interest as well from like personal people that want cars for different occasions and things. We can't usually fulfil those, but if it's more of a um, community service type act, then that's something that we're interested in sharing with yeah. our community to see if they want to step up to the plate for those sorts of things as well. Yeah, yeah. there's always people in the club that are willing to support that. You know, we, we've gone... Uh, well out onto the southern side with a with a group of cars for a, for a guy's fiftieth birthday that, um, you know, he, he had a bit of a disability and you know one of his things was he was right used to be right into his cars and you know can't be driving them anymore and anything like that so you know a few of us drove out there and you know, parked our cars in his street and gave him a rev and yeah you know, gave him a bit of a thrill for. Yeah, yeah. Just for a special occasion. It is, it is. I, I can understand, like, the, the growing, you know, enthusiasm in, in other organisations in getting car clubs involved because it's it's almost, you know, infectious, really, and I, I get I get that. I, I can imagine you would be really busy, like, sort of taking those requests as well. Yeah. It is difficult, especially, like, for... We do have to be careful to a certain uh, aspect as well because... 
a lot of C for C cars are not available for for hire or for Yeah, we don't any advertise anything for hire. It's yeah. purely community service stuff. But we have a things like as well, we have a great relationship with Bunnings Joondalup and quite often if they're having um, their Father's Day events, like they've asked us to come along to their Father's Day and events and they had a tradie open night that they did the theme of cars and they wanted us to park up for that and mm. those those sorts of things as well. Just it's the community stuff that we're into. Yeah. Not not so much the um we, we certainly aren't able to advertise yeah. any hiring. Just it's outside the realm of what we can do in regards to public liability mm. and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. like Casson Homes in Perth, you know, invite us there every every year for mental health week and we'll get yes. a few cars and park it up, um, park it up next to their their residence um, there, and you know they come and have a look at the cars all day, and you know, and that one's a midweek one, you know, which mm. is sometimes hard to get people for, but we still get people coming out and bringing their cars to to support those type of activities. So yeah, you know, I think it's great of the community spirit of the club. Yeah, and I, and I love that we keep getting invited back because mm. um, we want to support them. Yeah, and, uh, you know they. Give us some support as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, even our last one, our last donation was to to Men's Shed, and you know, we're we're going to have a talk to Men's Shed about you know how we can potentially do uh, some more with them in the mm. future as well. Yeah, yeah. One of the ones that I really loved that I saw, uh, I, I love the notion of of incorporating our cool cars with 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 young children, and the one you did. Christmas time, the Perth Children's Hospital toy run. So let's get this right, 100 cars and three car loads of toys yep. and an additional $600 in donations for Correct. the Perth Children's Hospital. Talk us through that one there. Yeah, I'll talk you through that one. So this is this is my baby. We did this in the inaugural year that we set up the club and it's now going to be an annual thing. We've, um, we start the run from Joondalup and we drive down and do a really nice run um, down to and land at Dalkeith Tennis Club. And Dalkeith Tennis Club were so excited to have us on board as part of this group venture or joint venture with them. And so they provide morning tea for all of our members when we get there at a nominal fee and we've got amazing views looking over the river and it's, it's just such a magnificent day. So we encourage people to bring a toy with them um, and we do cash donations, any merch that we sell on the day, the um, profit proceeds all go to Perth Children's Hospital. And then straight after the event, we go and present all the toys to Perth Children's Hospital along with the cash donation. And it's it's been so well received It's it's and it's grown year on year. I expect so we're going to have a big one again this year. Yeah. So do you take the, like, do you take the, the XY? When yeah, you, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I, I mean, you know, I'm sure the kids... I'm sure kids love Teslas and 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 Priuses and those sort of cars. But can you imagine taking the XY? You know the 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 sound, the, the visceral feeling of especially of your car as well. Like for for a child to hear that is just is really does. I really I love that notion. So when yeah. we do the run, we do it in conjunction with Perth Children's Hospital, and they announce it across all of the radios and Lollipop Radio yeah. in in Perth Children's the couple of days prior to when we're coming and they have um, notices all around the hospital to say that we're coming and what time we're coming past. So we do a double lap around Perth Children's Hospital without getting in the way of any ambulances or anything so that the kids can stand at the windows, the one, the ones that are able to, yeah. and see us go past. And we wave and, you know, the guys are starting to dress their cars up ready with tinsel and things yeah. like that so that we get the notoriety as we're going past and the kids can see us and we're all waving at each other through the windows. Yeah, it's yeah, great. No, that is magnificent. I think that's a really – when I saw the photos, I said, oh, that, is, that is really awesome, awesome. We just mentioned it before. I mean, I know we've been talking about the car club and we've been talking about uh, all the community work you do, but it wouldn't be right to have you here and not talk about the XY. I think you need to tell us a little bit about that car. So I know you you built that over a, a, a period of time. Is that is that right? Yeah, it was about a 13-month build for the XY. That's pretty quick, actually. Yeah. The, the XY is the fourth kid. Um <laughs> It's it's part of the family now. We I, even had family photos done with her. <laughs> I, I saw that. I actually saw that. Yeah, it's had family photos done. Um, it did misbehave when we had family photos done, but um, it, blew, well, it didn't leak oil, did it? It blew a power it blew steering 
Blew the line, power so. steering line. <laughs> and leaked fluid all over the floor of the uh, That white floor. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> it actually burst just before we got on the white floor. Okay. But then it was quite a clunker to drive her home again. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> but, you know, it started off, I was building another car. Um, I was building a black GT, which is why the, the number of products. Everyone asked me why it's got black XY GT on it. That's mm. why it's got black XY GT. I was originally building a black one. It was coming up to, I think, our 10th anniversary. anniversary. Yep. And Alison bought me uh, personal number plates for it, which were stored away. So, you know, um, I ended up buying um, the GT, which it's a it's a South African G- GT. Yeah, so it's a Fairmont. It's a genuine Fairmont it's GT. Fairmont, yep. So it's an MS33. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought it um, off a guy in Byford. Yep. Uh, when I got it, it was just a, a shell and a pile of parts. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Came with 90% of parts <laughs> in inverted commas. Yeah, yeah we've, all, we've um, all read that one before. I bought it home and, uh, yeah, I was building it with someone else at the time who then decided they didn't have the time or the, the need to do it anymore. And uh, we had forked out, you know, the money to buy the just the shell and pile of parts, which was still pretty expensive. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I had to... to pull on the big boy pants and I, I didn't know bugger all about building a car. You know, it's just nothing I'd been into or I was into cars but I just didn't have that mechanical mind or anything like that. But for me it was a really big stress relief for me. At that time work was really a stress, stressful place to be. So mm. coming home, working on the car, doing my research, finding out how to put something back together, you know, anything that was going to kill me I got, you know, professionals to do so yeah i had uh, tony from bazan engines do all the uh, engine and drivetrain on it um class a auto electricals they did all the electrics on it and, and made it all safe it's all got modern relays modern switches you know everything like that in it totally rewired from front to back um but we probably did i don't know probably 60 70 percent ourselves um there was a period of time where uh <laughs> the the gt had uh place of residence in uh, under our pergola you know so <laughs> i had a uh, tarp that all off and i had my sandbox there and my my spray gun and my my wash unit and everything else <laughs> um, i was spraying parts and cleaning them up and doing everything in the backyard and so i think there was a, a period once I, I pulled all that out and put it all away after the car was getting close to finish that um uh, Alison cried because she got <laughs> got over. We had back dinner on the back year. veranda one night after he'd moved the car off my back veranda, and I burst into tears at the dinner table, realizing that I'd missed that space <laughs> so much. <laughs> but it, it was one of those things that just became part of the family. It was just like yeah. we were all doing something on it, you know. At, at some point in time, um, mm. my daughter at the time was well, she was probably only three. Or yeah, she's tiny. But she was out there constantly with me, and uh, when when it got taken away to to have the engine done at the um, at Tony's shop, she was absolutely devastated. Mm. You know, she's like, "Where's the car gone?" Yeah, yeah. It it kind of I don't, with respect to the XYs and X, I got an XW myself. They're probably the easier cars to work on, if that makes sense. I mean, Thank goodness, yeah, given that was our first. Yeah, 1970, I think there wasn't much techo stuff around. And, no. you know, I mean, you can you can get by with most of the stuff, working on them on your, by yourself. Yeah, a lot of it makes logical sense. Yeah. And, um, you know, I got the, the parts manual for it with all the blown-out diagrams of how things went yeah. together. So that was a godsend. Um, so that helped me out a lot. And you and bought the record doors. Yeah, and I bought a, a full set of doors for it from uh, someone who was wrecking just so I could work out how to take them apart and put them back together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, get the correct way of doing it. And I how think to that, put the window winders in yeah. and all of that. I mean, yeah. for other people it might be, you know, basic stuff, but for me it was, you know, I, I was learning from, from the ground up. So Yeah. Was that painted or did no. you – oh, you painted it as well. Yeah. Wow. So that went to Custom Panel and Paint who, who did the paint job on it. There was only – when we got it, there was only – the engine bay was the only part of it that was still in the original colour. And it was oh, in wow. primer. Yeah, yeah, the rest of it was all in primer. So um, we matched it to what was in the engine bay. Yeah. Uh, but it was kind of – I wasn't sure whether I was going to like it or not, to be yeah. honest. It's uh, a beautiful car. Yeah, but the, the colour when it came out and put it in the sun, I was like, man, that, that just pops. Yeah. And then it was a decision of whether I – what colour stripes to put on it, and I ended up putting the orange ones. I'm so glad I did. Um, the only thing I didn't put on it um, was a spoiler on the boot, and and that was mainly because I had it, I had painted it, I did everything to it ready to go, and I just couldn't bring myself to put holes in the boot lid. <laughs> <laughs> so if someone has a spare boot lid out there, I'm sure <laughs> you've 
Peter's interested in buying that. <laughs> yeah. And look, I think <laughs> from the day we finished it, like <laughs> I, I was working in a mining company at the time. I got made redundant from the, the mining company on the day the GT got finished. It was going into the GT Nationals the next day. You know, I, I caught a taxi home from the city with my box of box of goods from work and I was like, didn't know what where my next job was going to be or anything else and I'm just sitting there waiting for um, my car to come out of custom panel and paint, so having some touch-ups done and... Uh, the car being the car, it decided to to blow, uh, to drop the clutch <laughs> clutch oh, no. line at at the time. As we were, we're bringing it out. out of custom, oh. and you know, all all credit to custom. Those boys, um, you know, st- stayed around and helped me patch up the car so Til I could drive it home. Till half past ten at night, on and the then, Friday um, night of or Thursday night before Good Friday. Yeah, yeah. And then Tony was at my house in the morning getting uh, getting a new one put in so that we could uh, drive it through to to the GT Nationals that day. And so, so was it the WA? Yeah, the oh, WA GT okay. Nationals. Wow. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. So talk us through what 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 is the GT Nationals? For those that don't know, we've had we've had the GT Car Club on the podcast before and they've they've mentioned like, you know, the, the prestige of of that event. So just talk us through the GT Nationals. Yeah, well, the GT Nationals, I think it's only comes around sort of once every 10 years That's in right. each state. Yeah. So, you know, um, knowing that that was coming up was a bit of a push for me to try and get it there. Mm. Um, but yeah, you, you will have some amazing cars go to that event, um, you know, and there's concourse judging and uh, you know, just – if you if you're into your Fords and you're into your GTs, the Nationals is the place to be. And, and they're coming in nationwide. Mm. It's not yeah. just the WA market or wherever and even the WA market is. Has, uh, spreads over to other states just to to go. The last one was in Adelaide, I think it was, and um, a lot of people travelled over there from WA. Yep. You know, to 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 visit the GT Nationals there. So um, yeah, definitely. You know, being once every ten years, it's once in a lifetime thing. If you miss it in your state um, in that ten year period, then you, you're kicking you, kicking yourself. Really. Yeah, yeah. No, that's right. That's right. So I can't even realise it was the the WA one. So you got yeah. that all. Yeah, it is a it is a beautiful car. It is it is a magnificent car. Is that so is that the first car you you've ever built? Then that's like yeah, the first one we built. So I had a ZC Falcon first. So. Um, I was mainly into my XR6s. I had XR many XR6s. I probably had more XR6s than I've changed pants. But yeah, um, I, I then had one sitting in the in the garage. I was catching a train to work every day. I was never using it XR6, and I thought, well, if I'm going to have something in the garage, I want to put some something yeah. old in there. You know, yep. a muscle car in there. Yeah. So I did ZC um, Fairlane first. Yep. And uh, we loved that car, and that sort of started the the seed of doing it. And uh, the guy that I bought that off, I was like, yeah. I, he was had a, a Falcon 500, which was going to be the black one. I said, "Well, you know, I'll buy that off you if I can help you work on that one." And mm. that's kind of how that started. And, yep. Uh, yeah, next thing we know, we we had bought a bought our own, and it was originally going to be a build and flip. So it's just going to build it, flip it to to fund the black one. But um, yeah, it kind of just got into our system, and yeah, I don't think it's going anywhere now. If you have, I look. This is just my my own view. If you have children working on the car, it gets hard to flip. Yeah, yeah. I just can't. Yeah, look. I mean, I'm sure people have done it, but having your own kids work on it as well. Yeah. And look, yeah. it's yeah. one of those things. It's um, like I said, it's a fourth member of. It's a fourth kid. You know, it's the fifth member of the family. <laughs> member of the family. We got five, but um. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just—it's just one of those things that really started something off for us. Yeah, you know, we wouldn't be in Northern Steel, we wouldn't have a car club, we wouldn't have any of that if well, we didn't do the GT. Yeah, that's what I was just about to ask. I mean, that—that's the catalyst, wasn't it? Really, yeah. that, that car. Yeah, and ever since we had it, it's—it's it's made memories for us. You know? Yeah, it's just cruising around, going to car shows, going to Swan Valley, going to Fremantle. You know, just going all these places, and you. You don't appreciate that before we yeah. had it. You, you'd go those places, but you know the drive wasn't special. The drive's always special now. Yeah, and yeah. even taking friends out, friends who even aren't even that into cars, they absolutely love it. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, talk us through. I know because you to, to come here tonight, like you've had to arrange like picking the kids up from different. You know, talk us through. I know your your kids all do junior sport, and you're very engaged in that. But talk us through what a standard week involved is involved for you guys. Oh, okay, buckle in. Here we go. So, Mondays we have 
two different activities for the kids after school. I work part-time um, but five days a week, so Monday to Friday, school hours. So we literally throw the kids into school. I'm tripping off to work. Pete's already on the road to work. He works full-time. I come back, pick the kids up, and then we're afternoon activities all afternoon. Mm. And we usually walk in the door about 7 o'clock most nights. And most afternoons have got more than one activity because we've got the three kids. Yep. And that's literally six days a week that we're yeah. doing that. Yeah, so, so Mondays is uh, police rangers uh, for our elders and boy. And rugby. Rugby for our uh, middle boy. Tuesdays is rugby swimming for and rugby. our eldest boy, swimming for our daughter. Wednesdays is rugby for our middle boy. Plus STEM club, plus, plus maths club, club yes, plus STEM. jazz band. Yes. Yeah, and, and netball. Thursday is rugby again for our eldest boy. Um, and then Friday nights is netball night. Friday's yeah. netball. Netball's crazier than any of the sports. I yeah. Think. yeah. <laughs> the yeah. car park's nuts. <laughs> and then Saturday morning's rugby. And yeah. because we've got two boys playing rugby in different teams, they travel in opposite directions. Yeah. So quite often Pete might be in Mandurah and I'll be in Butler. Mm. Yep, yep. So. And you're involved in those sporting organisations? Yep. Yeah. I can't help myself. Yeah. <laughs> so that's incredible. It's It really is. I, yep. I don't know how you find yeah. the time, to be honest. Alison was manager of our middle boys team last year. I'm like, you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we had that yeah. much on. I'm like, you're crazy. You can't can't fit something else in. Yeah. And I've already thrown my hat in the ring for the um, police rangers. We've done a bit of fundraising for them. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, sort of trying to keep away from the rugby a little bit at the moment just so that I don't get too caught up in adding more to the agenda because with running Northern Steel on top of all of those things, we're phenomenally busy people. Yeah, yeah, no, yep. I can imagine. I can imagine. And, look, we really appreciate you coming in here to, uh, for this podcast as well because I know to get you away for two hours from young children, they're young kids, and they want their mum and dad around as well. Um, it's it's not easy, and we really appreciate you coming on. Tell us – so. Just give us... No, sorry, before you do that, I wanted to read something out. So, this is a letter that I found on your Facebook page, Alison. Mm-hmm. It is a letter from Trevor Gorey, Vice President of the Men's Shed. He writes, Dear Alison, we recently received your generous donation of $1,000 and I wanted to personally thank you. Men's Shed of WA is a fully not-for-profit organisation whose operations are funded by state government and the generosity of donors such as yourself, and we are grateful for your support. Men's Shed are more than simply a place for men to go. Men's Shed often donate their time and skills to community projects like repairing park benches and participating in nature conservation efforts in their local area. These community projects can be large and extend over time, like the production of 50,000 wheelchairs by local shed wheelchairs for kids supporting children living with disabilities around the world they can also be smaller projects aimed at making people smile like an afternoon tea cart made by gosnell's community men's shed for a local local aged care for, uh, center what when men become involved in their local shed they become more active in body and mind through their men's shed activities which helps maintain their strength, coordination, thinking skills, emotional well-being and independence. Your donation lets us continue our work to ensure that all men can join a men's shed community and to support these sheds and their members so that they can continue their work. If you have specific questions about how your gift is being used or want further information on how to continue your support, please don't hesitate to contact me. Once again, thank you for your support. That is, I read that and I thought I'd, I need to put that in the podcast as well. I think that's a glowing endorsement of the Northern Steel Car Club. And look, I mean, Men's Shed for me personally, my father goes to a Men's Shed uh, every week. And I honestly, my father's retired now. If he didn't have that, you know, I, I don't know how my father would be these days, to be honest with you. Yeah, he, yeah. he, he, I'm not saying he relies on it, but he gets so much enjoyment it's an from it. It's integral part of his week, though, isn't it? Oh, most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. And there, he's at the Sterling Menchard, and they're restoring – they're actually restoring a house. They've bought a house there yeah, right. on, a, on a drop deck, uh, transportable. It's an old cottage that they've bought to the Menchard, and they're restoring that. Um, what you're doing there, I think, is magnificent for the men's shed and for 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 
people in, involved in men's shed right across Western Australia. So this was from the Vice President. On Friday, I had a phone call directly to my mobile from the CEO of Men's Shed. Oh, wow. And again, just personally thanking us for the donation. So we've hit him up to say, hey, let's do some more together. So we're actually meeting with him next week. Oh, awesome. To awesome. touch base That's and how see how we can... Yeah. I mean, a lot of what he says in that letter resonates with what we feel about the club. Mm. You know, what it brings to to not just men, but, you know, men is a big part of it. But having that place to go and a place mm-hmm. to talk to other guys and, you know, having having that community engagement that mm-hmm. you don't sometimes get. Yep. Um, you know, and a lot of a lot of everything that we do nowadays is digital, right? Yeah. You know, so having that face to face and getting your car out and looking at someone else's car and asking them how they did this or how did they did that, you know, the amount of posts or messages we get through the page saying, Oh, do you know this person's car? Because I want to ask them something else about it, you know, so um it's it's part of that whole learning experience and I think it, it lacks yeah. Society. yeah, yeah. I know you're you're right about a lot of what we do. Like even in my job, probably many people's jobs and even this podcast, everything I do is digital. It's like writing an email or putting together notes. But you get the greatest satisfaction from actually working with your hands and putting something together. And what they do at the men's shed, I sometimes I don't go often enough, but I like to go there and just look at what they're doing and and you know, they're working with wood predominantly, not necessarily all the time, but they do a lot of stuff with wood and this producing actually making stuff with your hands i think gives you the greatest sense of satisfaction yeah, so yeah yeah like yeah. i said about the gt before that was my stress relief coming home and doing that physical thing which i didn't do at work every day every day at work was on a computer just using using my brain nothing much else um coming home and having to actually work something out and and use tools and you know, get That's your hands dirty. Perfect you know? example is that car. Yeah, yeah. Just, it was just the best stress relief. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And I, I can imagine, and like I said before, I think it's a magnificent testament to your work, that car. I, I, I love it. I, it's my favourite my favorite colour scheme in the GT, so I think it's magnificent. It really is. Before we finish up, um, tell us what events you've got coming up. Uh, well, we've got our AGM this week, which mm-hmm. is uh, for our members. So any yep. of our members listening that haven't got their ticket yet, get your ticket, come along. We'd love to see you. So that's the 23rd of July. Yep. Uh, we've, we've also got our monthly meet the the following week on Saturday at uh, June Light Square, Bunnings June Light, which is the 30th of July. 30th, yep. Hopefully it doesn't rain. Mm-hmm. Um, the we'll toy run's definitely coming up at the end of the year, so I haven't set a date for that yet, but that will be mid-December. Um, and we've got Lancelin coming up um, in September sometime, yep. um, which is I think is going to be exclusive to Northern Steel going up for that one as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're looking forward to uh, looking to do another coffee run to the Swan Valley. We did one last year, uh, so we're looking to do that again with our members uh, and maybe head over to, to one of the to the breweries there. Yep. yep. And Two Rocks, we're looking at taking a cruise up to the Two Rocks pub. Yep. So I'll be setting that one up shortly for members as well. Um, cool. But, of course, anyone can come along to those as well if yeah. they want to. Yep. Uh, what else have we got coming up? Oh, and we are looking at doing another – so January this year is when we did Bindoon, and we are looking at doing another um, static event, like proper day event with um, judging, etc. hopefully again in January, early next year. So I'm just starting to think about what we're going to do and where we're going to host that next time. Yeah, yeah, I know January will be here before we know it. I know it's yeah. July at the moment, but – Sneaks up quickly. Six months doesn't take long to roll around. Yeah, yeah. Alison, Pete, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. We can catch you at northernsteelcars.com or Facebook Northern Steel. Yes, correct. Go to the Facebook page there. And if they join up as a member, it's $50 for a full member, $25 as an associate, and junior member, $10. So... I urge all of our listeners to join up. Um, head to your Facebook page or head to your website, and they can join up there. Uh, any other like Instagram or we? No, no, neither no, do I. Don't worry. Too hard. <laughs> too much to manage already. I'm not that young. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, look, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast. It was great to have you on here, and I really appreciate your time getting away from home. I know you're very busy. I'll let you get back to organising the next big event or. 
whatever the Rangers or whatever it may be. Thanks, no. Nick. It's been great. Yeah, no thanks worries. for having us. We really appreciate it. No worries. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.